You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. The sinner's friend. Webster defines friend as a favored companion. Uh, Jesus is my friend. He says that. But... I've been blessed in my life uh, to have a lot of friends. Um, My closest friend here on earth would be my wife, without question. Uh, In the last 30 years of pastoring, um, I've made a lot of good friends that you can't put a price. There's no value that you can put on it. Um, It's a companion, thank God, for our true friends. And I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, when I think of a friend, you know, Rusty, you've been a friend to me. I I love you. And I could go, you know, um, I love everybody. I got a lot of friends, but there's some that's just uh, close, close friends. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. In verse 13, let's read that again. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Truly loving others by laying down one's life means to be abiding in the love of Christ in a consistent moment-by-moment approach. If, I, if, if you're my friend, Rusty, and I love you, then moment-by-moment, no matter what comes our way, you still have to be my friend and I still have to be your friend. And we've been through some battles Together, I'm just using this as an illustration. So let's look at verse 14. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. The use of the term friends is important as Jesus will clarify that he sees the disciples and by his extension, all believers are his friends. So he's not only speaking to the disciples tonight in this, in this context, he's speaking to each and every one of us that we are his friends friends. And and that is amazing to me. So now let's read verse 15 again. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Jesus is indicating that his intended relationship with believers involves communication and support. So I have struggled in my life communicating, um, especially not, not when it's open in the pulpit, but when there's an issue, I've struggled with communicating because I would rather take a whipping than have to confront a situation. But communication with a friend, a friend will stick with you no matter what. I'm, I'm just trying to teach a little bit what I believe the Lord has given me tonight. A true friend will, will in the moment, communicate with you. Uh, And I want to use this example, and I didn't intend to, uh, but Rusty's the chairman of our board. And and one time, and you've heard me say this, uh, told this story before, but I don't know, it's been 20 years ago, I blew up at the staff. Man, I was mad and I was hitting the table. I didn't cuss nobody, but my tone, uh, it, it just wasn't where it needed to be. And man, I was mad and I had every right and I had it documented. And this was not the staff that we have today. 
day and Rusty was in that meeting and, and, and there's nobody that I respect any more than Rusty. And uh, I don't know, about 20 minutes later, Rusty came in my office. He said, Pastor, I need to tell you something. He said, everything you said was right, but everything you said the way you said it was wrong. And I'm telling you, that cut me. Once it comes out, it's hard to put it back in. So if you've got a true friend that'll lay down his life for you, and we understand the context of this and Jesus laying down his life, but I'm talking about a friendship that you have with other people, a favored companionship, a friend, then you need to be gentle and you need to be able in the moment to sit down and talk. And I learned a lesson that day and uh, it's not happened since and I pray to God that it doesn't happen Everybody looking at me like I'm a filthy sinner, man, right now. Huh? Anybody else ever lose it in the house? Huh? Jake, put both hands up right now, would you, Jake? All right. Amen. Jake told me a story the other day. I hope I don't embarrass you. But Jake told me a story the other day that uh, sometime way back, his wife gave some money to the church they were attending, and he flipped out and, and was mad and said, don't ever give my money away. And he said three days later, his motor blew up in the truck, and he said, I come home like a whip pup and said, I'm sorry, honey, that I jumped all over you. Give all of it away if you want to, you know. Hey, uh, it comes out, doesn't it? But let's learn a little bit tonight. So I'm grateful to the friends that I've made as I've traveled in this life. Um, no way to put a price on it, none. And the Lord has allowed my life to be blessed by having enjoyed the friendship of some very, very special people. And uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, amen. And uh, that relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus should be the relationship, George, that we strive to have with our friends, you know, because when I mess up in my life, and uh, man, I have multitudes of time, when I mess up, the friend that I have that is closer than a brother in Jesus Christ is there in the moment and he doesn't beat me down. And he doesn't turn away from me, Jimmy. He doesn't just get angry at me and leave me. My friend sticks close to me in Jesus. And I pray that we can learn that in a relationship tonight uh, with our uh, friends that we have here on earth. And uh, so the Lord has allowed me in my life to have many friendships. Now remember, Webster says that a friend is a favored companion. But however... There is a friend who is more special than any other friend that I have, including my wife, that I've ever met in my life. There's a friend that is closer than anyone I've ever had. And you've heard me say it uh, numerous times tonight. I've been blessed to have great friendship, but there is one that is greater than any other relationship and friendship that I have ever had in my life. His name is Jesus, and he calls me his friend. Can you imagine the king of glory uh, calls me uh, his friend? The same king calls you, Anthony, and you, Dave, and you, Patty, and you, Mary. We are a friend of God. Uh, my goodness, you ought to put your hands together and bless his holy name. Woo! Think about this. Several places in the Bible where God and Jesus refer to certain people as friend. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, 
And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse seven. Abraham is called the friend of God. In the New Testament, a man by the name of Lazarus is called a friend by Jesus over in John 11 and 11, and Lazarus was his friend. And Jesus wasn't ashamed to say, he's my friend, amen? No other friend like Jesus, is there Indy? Huh? How many's ever had a friend here on earth that you thought your friendship would remain forever and it fell apart? Anybody in the house, huh? Yeah, that's painful, isn't it? Painful. Well, I can tell you tonight, I can guarantee you tonight that the friend you have in Jesus, he'll never leave you. It'll never fall apart on his behalf. He'll never betray you. He'll never let you down. He'll never lie about you. He'll never harm you. He'll never hurt you. He ain't been nothing but good to me. All my life, he's been faithful. And the evidence, as we sang earlier, 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 earlier. <laughs> Woo! In our text, the disciples were called Christ's friends. What a compliment. And Jesus said again in verse 13, greater love have no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. And I tell you, we are to love one another. I don't like it when there's drama and bickering and all that stuff. Don't like it. Don't want it. Don't want it. We are to love one another as Jesus loved us. Let's, and, and I didn't give the media team half of the notes that I've got here, so just don't blame them, all right? Blame me. Romans 12, verse 9 and 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Love must be sincere. Man, I can tell if you love me. I'm, I'm telling you, I can tell. Can I tell you a kid can tell too? Huh? Kid can tell. I can tell if you love me. Love must be sincere and hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And when I wrote that down this afternoon in my office, cling to what is good. This is what I believe, honestly, I believe the Holy Spirit dropped into my spirit. There is good in everybody. And my mom would say there is good in everyone. And how would she tell you to, uh, about our kids to brag on them, brag on them? Why is it so easy for us to look at what is bad and focus on what's bad in a person, whatever may rub us raw, when they got 98% of great qualities over here. Why don't we love what is good and let God work out what we don't like and still be a friend to that person instead of dwelling on that little bit when there is so much good in that individual? Can somebody say amen? Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. I don't want to boast. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to lift myself up, but I love to help people. I love to bless people 
And I have found in my own life that as long as I'm trying to help people, I seen a lady, I was standing in my office this morning. She got out of the, the vehicle and I didn't know it was the grandmother that I spoke to on the phone. You heard that story this morning, but I watched her and I watched how she limped and I stretched my hand toward the window and I said, Lord, just help her. Just help her. You don't have to go mow somebody's grass to help them. You can drive by when a car is wrecked on the interstate and stretch your hand forth and say, God, in the name of Jesus, help that individual. So that, that is being a friend when you don't even know the person and, and lifting them up before God. Do you hear me? Listen to me. I'm trying to help us to another. Uh, honor one another above ourselves. And I kind of had a brain freeze there and lost where I was headed. But as long as I'm helping somebody else, George, I don't have to worry about getting help myself because God's going to help me and God sends people around. It doesn't matter what goes wrong, what breaks down. Lightning hit this place last night and half, uh, well, I shouldn't say half the equipment, but a lot of stuff got fried and I told Mike and David, I said, hey, guys, here's what we're going to do. You guys fix it. Just buy whatever you need and I'll keep preaching. Do you hear me? All we got, it don't matter what we need. God's got somebody in this place that can fix it and all we got to do uh, is help each other and they'll come and help you on Christmas Eve when the water lines busted and water was flowing in the church, uh, some 30 or 40 people on Christmas Eve. Why? Because somebody has been loving them along the journey here in this church and our staff and they'll go to any level or any degree to help you. That is the love of God. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. He loved us. We gotta love each other. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't care what you say, I'm going to love you. Some of you didn't like that. He loved us enough to give his life, to give his life for us. And we may not have to die for somebody. Do you hear me? We may not have to die for someone, but there are other ways to practice sacrificial love. When Jesus died on the cross for us, it was the greatest sacrifice ever made, ever ever made, and we can love other people with a sacrificial listening, uh, love, and number one is listening, and I'm going to be honest, I have, I have a hard time with that. Uh, <laughs> Andy said, yes, you do. <laughs> That's because you talk too much. <laughs> oh, can't outsmart a smart aleck, can you, Rick? Huh? Amen. So honestly, people come out of here on Sunday morning, and they're coming like groves. And everybody's wanting to tell me something, George, and my mind is fried. And honestly, I have a problem staying focused because you be telling me something and I'm over here somewhere. But I try. But when a true friend is in trouble, I'm talking about an earthly friend, I can listen. I can listen. How about you? Can you just listen sometimes? That's love. Sometimes you don't need to say, some of the best counseling I've ever done is when I didn't say a word and I just listened and let them just unload. Listening, how about helping? Are you a helper, really? This is, true love is sacrificial, is when you help somebody. Can you help other people? I'm asking you, can, can you help other people, anybody? Huh? How about encouraging? Now, I got an F, thanks to you, Indy, on listening. And I think I did a lot better on helping. 
But I'm going to give myself an A on encouraging because I love to encourage people. I'm telling you, you're going to make it. You're going to be all right. I love telling people that. Hey, I love telling these young people when I go through a fast food restaurant and they're polite and they're courteous and they hustle. There is a guy working at McDonald's right now. I don't know his name. He got a radio voice. It's unbelievable. Well, welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you, sir? I mean, it's unbelievable. And every time I go through the window, I say, listen, with a voice like that, you're going to be big time. Do you hear me? And, and he's just so on top of it. And, and he just wants to help you. And I encourage, and I give him a tip every time. I say, here, buy your lunch. And I say, you keep working like that, you're going to own this place. He said, I don't really think I want to own this place, sir. <laughs> Anybody know who I'm talking about down there? Yeah, hands go up all at Indy. Said he's a sweetheart. He's too young for you, Indy. All right. Sacrificial love. Sacrificial love is giving. How do you grade yourself on that? How do you grade yourself on giving? Or are you a tightwad? Huh? Proverbs 11 and 24. One man giveth freely yet gains even more. Isn't that amazing? Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Unbelievable. It is amazing. And again, I'm not trying to boast. We love to give. We love to give. And I, 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 I had no plan on sharing this, but I, I love blessing my wife. I love it. I love it. Surprises. And... Uh, I lied to her, told her we were going to the Amish country. Uh, what are you shaking your head about? Huh? And uh, told her it was just her and I going over there. And uh, I said, now listen, we're leaving this garage at seven o'clock in the morning, not 7.05, seven o'clock a.m. And I had called Linda and Melissa, our, our good friends, and told them to be at the house and be in my truck. So I'm in the truck, she comes out, and she looks, and they're in the truck, like, what are you guys doing here? And said, well, you know, it's her birthday in August. I said, you know, we're, we're going to the Amish country, and we're going to celebrate Melissa's birthdays in August, and we always call it celebrating all month long. So anyhow, we get to Parkersburg, where you go north to uh, the Amish country, and we went a different route to uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And she was like, where are we going? Now, Lynn and Melissa was in on this and they knew it. And uh, so I pulled off into McDonald's. It was not the same one where hello. And uh, I handed her a card and I said, open up that card. And, and it said, congratulations on your new car. And I uh, was taking her to Indianapolis to pick up a new car. And uh, I love giving, but I didn't think about this a lot until this afternoon when I was just adding some things to the message. Down through the years, we've been able to bless people by giving them a couple cars. Nothing new, but cars when people were in need. You can't outgive God. God will bless you time and time again. Acts chapter 20, verse 23. Remember, somebody say remember. Remember. The words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you like giving to somebody that can't give anything back? 
Somebody that don't even know your name or who you are. Somebody that don't know I'm the pastor at Jewel City Church and just bless them in a restaurant. Have you ever just looked around and said, God, who in this, in this room is struggling? Usually God appoints somebody out to you and you can just, I'll tell you another thing. Anytime I'm in a restaurant and there's police officers in there, just take care of it. Don't say nothing and just leave. That's what the Lord tells us to do because his friendship is seen in his sacrifice. A true friend is sacrificial and he's giving to help his friends. It was voluntarily. The statement said, lay down his life. Nobody took his life, Rosie. He laid it down. That indicates to me a voluntary act. And Jesus tells us in this verse, his life was being given up for his what? For his friends. His death was not for him, but it was for me, for others. Let's listen to this Isaiah chapter 53. Go there with me, verse four through six. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for what? Our transgressions. He was bruised for what? Our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The phrase lay down his life, it does not nearly convey, listen to me, the deaths of the suffering that Jesus endured when he gave up his life for us. In Matthew chapter 26, betrayed by Judas and deserted by the disciples. In Luke chapter 22, beaten by the temple guards. In Matthew chapter 27, he was scourged. In Matthew chapter 27, a little further down, mocked by the soldiers and crowned with thorns. Isaiah chapter 50, verse six, his beard plucked from his face. Matthew chapter 27, verse 35, stripped naked. Matthew chapter 27, crucified. Isaiah, marred beyond belief. When we read he laid down his life, it really doesn't just do it justice until you dig in there and see. And all that is because Jesus loves us, amen? His love is everlasting. I want to read to you out of Jeremiah 31 and 3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Yea, I have loved thee with everlasting love. Yea, that means yes, is his proclamation here. And I really didn't know what was going on. And, and thank God for Google. There is some things you can Google and it'll help you. His proclamation to Israel, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The Lord chose Israel. 
He said, I have loved you again with an everlasting love. The Lord chose Israel to be his special people. He did not reject his people. Here's the key to this whole message. He did not reject his people despite their uh, unbelief, despite their rebellion, and they they broke their covenant, and he still loved them anyhow, but he had to punish them. He'll correct us. He'll punish us. But he pledged to them to heal their nation. He said, return to their land and I'll restore the joy of your salvation. He chose me. In my sin, he chose me. In your sin, he chose you. Even when I rebel, even when I don't listen at all and I mess up and I do everything wrong, he still loves me. God is not sitting in heaven with a sledgehammer slamming down to hurt us every time we do something wrong. The Holy Spirit touches our heart, convicts us of our sin, we humble ourselves, we repent of our sins, and he's the same father that he was when you messed up. He still loves us, doesn't he, George? Anybody in the house ever mess up and you're glad that God still chose, the creator, the holy God, chose a filthy, wretched uh, sinner like you and I? Come on, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. His love is said to be the motive of the cross. Isn't that the truth? It's the cross. That's why he went there, because he loved us. Romans 5, verse 8 says, but God commended his love toward us, and then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in our text, his friendship is seen in his salvation. And it just blows my mind. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And this afternoon I wrote, wow, that's pretty amazing. Just writing a note to myself. He says, you've not chosen me. See, I can see me as a sinner choosing a holy God. But to see a holy God choosing me as a sinner, he said, I want you. I care about you. So if you are saved, or if you're going to get saved, it will be because of the grace of the Lord. The grace of God. Nothing by your talent, nothing by your intellect, anything else, it's by the grace of God. Can someone say amen? Amen. So we are chosen by him, Jesus, in John 6 and 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last days. We are called by him. He calls us, not only to save us, but he calls us into service. Service. Many, and I made myself a little note because I didn't want to forget this and I was meditating on it this afternoon. Many never step into a season of service. They remain a soaker, like a sponge, take it all in, and never let it back out. You take a body of water that everything comes in and nothing goes back out, it becomes stagnant. It stinks. Don't be a soaker. Be a servant. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. For we are his workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus unto God and unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We become Christian through God's unmerited grace. Nothing that we can do on our own, not as a result of our effort or our ability, uh, a choice or an act of service. There's nothing we can do. It's by the grace of God. However, and I heard, I believe Pastor Carrie saying in her prayer, she wished the spirit of gratitude would hit this place. So once we come to know the Lord, however, out of gratitude for this free gift that the Lord gave his life, that we could have life out of gratitude, we will naturally seek to help other people. And I've said this many times, but in a pastor's meeting a few months back, one of the men of God said, well, I just ask all of you a question. If your church locked up the doors today and left, would your community even know you was gone? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. Because we understand the gift that God has given us and we ought to strive to help others, amen? And not just merely please yourselves. So each person is gifted. Each one of us is gifted to fulfill a special place in the body of Christ. I think during COVID when we bought gift cards to send to our volunteers, we had around 300, I believe, volunteers. And each one has a different gift. And that's what makes the body of Christ. Amen? There is a spiritual gift of giving that is every bit as valid as the gift of prophecy and teaching. And I'm going to prove it to you. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to wind down. Stand with me. We just got a couple minutes. I want to say it again. There's a spiritual gift of giving that is just as valid as prophecy and teaching. Listen to Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. This passage that I just read to you, it outlines seven motivational gifts. What's your gift? Whatever your gift is, when newer folk come into the church and they want to know where to get involved, I'll say, what's your passion? You get involved somewhere that's not your passion, it's probably not your gift. And then you're just going to die out. What's your passion? So do you have that kind of friendship with the Lord? That friendship with somebody here? That friend that is sacrificial? Or somebody that maybe you don't even really know that lives near you? You can't outgive him. He's a sinner's best friend. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 